Welcome to the Lab Podcast, where we empower women to use the repertoire to heal and thrive. I'm Lynn Rain. I'm Regina Chow Trammell. And I'm Yvette Latende. We are Latina, Asian, and Black professional women. There is a need for professional women to share their perspectives while navigating our roles. We cover cultural ways of thinking that shape this discussion and share practical tips for managing stress, thinking through identity, navigating life stage change, and living in abundance. This is The Lab. Welcome to episode on abundant living in a scarcity mindset world. Today's episode, we're going to talk about what scarcity mindset is and talk about what abundant living is. And to start off this episode, I just wanted to share with you ladies about the definition that I found um, kind of from Deepak Chopra's Institute Online. I just kind of came across it. It was really interesting, but it really helped us encapsulate kind of what our episode's about today. And it's thinking about scarcity, right? And the opposite of scarcity. And so this idea of abundance, um, you know, I was talking over our kind of faculty launch in our institution yesterday about Chinese banquets. And I was talking about how at the end of a Chinese banquet, there is always the dish of a fish. And the reason why fish is at the end of a Chinese banquet, if you go to wedding banquet or birthday banquet, there's eight dishes, everything's symbolic because eight's kind of a lucky number. And there's always a play on words. So fish in Chinese and Mandarin is yu, and yu sounds like the word abundance. And so it's a kind of a wish of fortune, abundance. And it's, again, this kind of living out of, you know, instead of the challenges of the world, instead of being spent and burnt out, we're hopeful and we're more pragmatic, right? We end kind of this experience with abundance, whatever we're going through. And going back to the Chopra Institute, it also talks about this idea of clarity as a definition of abundance, that abundance isn't just some fairy tale of what we think about life should be, but it's really about having clarity of purpose and living into it, having a reality-based hope and being able to be wise and acting within our agency. And that's what I loved about thinking about, I don't know why I was thinking about this Chinese banquet because it was the first time I was joking the other day, like my 94-year-old grandmother gathered us all together. And um, this is kind of true. And talk about an example of abundant living. So we don't actually know what her real age is. Um, She might be 92. She might be 94. She might be 96. Because when she left China during the war, she moved to Hong Kong and she changed her birth date and her birth year. And then when she moved to America, she changed her birth date and birth year. I just think that's such a neat example of like taking your agency and grabbing life with abundance. Like, I'm not going to be 94. I'm going to be 90, whatever I call myself, 92. And I just think it's kind of neat. You know, here at the lab podcast, we're really about like, how do we creatively use our agency, right? Like in abundance, it's growth and purpose rather than a monetary goal. Not that monetary isn't important, right? We all want to live well. But I think when we think about abundance instead of scarcity, we understand that there's storms of challenge, right? We 
we understand that there's going to be issues that we face that are going to put up walls for us. But again, there's this um, kind of Chinese image that I want to leave with in my backyard. Um, I can see out the window near me is a plant. Um, it's a bamboo plant and that, and on my paternal side, not the 94 year old grandmother side, but the paternal side is a bamboo plant that my grandfather um, cultivated. He passed away a long time ago, but I have these bamboo plants that remind me of him in the, and the feature of a bamboo plant is in the storm, right? That bamboo is very flexible, that it's not going to break. It's going to bend and it's going to be strong and it's going to last a long time. And this, I don't even know how long old this bamboo plant, I don't know if he brought it all the way from Taiwan. I don't know. (laughs) Again, there's a lot of mystery in my family with these old people, but (laughs) there's this idea of kind of an energy balance of being able to make sure our cognitive energy is balanced, our emotional energy, and especially our physical energy, right? And so abundance is taking into consideration all of those things that when our energy is balanced and our mental framework is balanced, we can hold multiple perspectives. We can hold multiple truths and honor and show up for one another while we also maintain our agency and work towards our own bigger purpose. I think all of us, right, ladies, have this um, purpose in mind for our work, for our family. And then when we listen to each other's perspectives, we're taking it in with non-judgment. You know that we're hearing our own thoughts with non-judgment as we take in new information. And our mental framework is abundant so that we can show up in our own values and so that you really curiosity is the name of the game for abundance that it that drives abundance instead of you know judgment which can cause us to break which can cause us to to feel small or feel like the world is scarce that when we're curious about the challenges we can maximize our values we can find creative solutions and so that really excites me i think this idea of abundance over a scarcity mindset world. I mean, think about what we're all going through, what we have been going through in the past few years, that really scarcity is um, kind of the the narrative of society, but we need to kind of transcend that, right? With this idea of um, abundance, this, this balance, the value of our stories, all of that stuff. So let me, Lynn, let me take it over to you. Sure. Where you first faced with this idea of abundance and what do you do to maintain an abundant mindset? Yeah. You know, I, I have to say, I recently came across this, um, this idea. I, I, you know, looking back, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I never heard about this term before even thought about it in my own life. And, you know, I think the the pandemic was really tough, Um, but this is one of these concepts that, I was introduced to um, back in summer of 2020 when we were, you know, all shut down and having to reimagine how we were working, how we were doing day-to-day lives. And so this this came across when I found myself um, with financial struggles, like all of us did. Um, at the time, my my spouse was laid off. He was in the restaurant industry, and you know. It all crumbled right with the pandemic when we couldn't go up to restaurants and eat. Um, so I became the primary breadwinner for the first time in my life. And that was scary and hard. And it took me to that place of, of scarcity, which 
again, it wasn't a new feeling because, you know, having grown up and, you know, being first gen in this country and, you know, my parents were, you know, immigrant parents and, you know, I think they, we always struggled with scarcity and, you know, times where my family, you know, was doing well financially and times where we were really struggling. So I think I grew up, I think, you know, when we think about our cultural identities, it really speaks, you know, it, it becomes hardwired in who we are and how we see the world, right? So it doesn't matter, you know, how much, you know, I'm doing financially well or not well. I think those internal hardwired messages that we, you know, we're, we grow up in our family of origins kind of, you know, stays with us, you know, independent of, you know, where we are in our life stage or, or you know, our finances or whatnot. So I think, you know, even though there were times when my family growing up were doing financially well, I think we still live with that scarcity mindset of, well, it could all leave, we could lose it all, right? So, so even we have to be really careful, right, of our spending, or uh, it was always this constant of like, scarcity, right, the resources are not just going to overflow and be abundant always. Um, And I think this didn't really, again, I wasn't faced with this till, you know, summer of 2020, and the pandemic, and all of a sudden, I feel like, because my husband's not working, I'm the sole provider that I need to work every single hour of the day. I think I found myself working like 14 hour days. And um, I have my own business. I have a private practice where I do therapy in Orange County. So just to give you an idea, I felt like every client that called me that I had to take. Um, And if they needed an eight o'clock or a 7 p.m. or times that I usually wouldn't have worked before, I would, I would agree to working at eight o'clock at night when I wasn't my best. But again, that was coming from a place of, you know, scarcity. And I was um, talking to some colleagues and they brought up the idea of, of this abundance mindset that I had never heard before, which I'm kind of embarrassed to say that I hadn't heard about it before. And what it was, was, you know, they said, you know, don't work from a place of scarcity where you think you need to take everything that comes your way. And I can see how that would apply to many women, right? That they feel like they have a job offer on the table. They need to take it, even though they might not be the right fit for them, or it might not be what they really want to do, or it might not be in the pay range that they want or in the city they want, but they take it because they feel like, well, I should be grateful for this job offer and I should take it. And that's because who knows if there's another job offer going to come on the table. And that's a scarcity mindset, right? That we talk, we talk about. Um, so in that example, I just gave an abundance mindset would be, well, this is not quite the right fit for me. I'm going to wait for the right job and not worry because the right job is out there for me. So when I started thinking about this mindset, I said, I am completely living in that, you know, space of scarcity. And I shifted to this abundance mindset where I started, um, doing things like saying, no, I'm not going to work at eight and I'm not going to work on weekends because, I will find the clients that are going to be able to work in my schedule when I can offer my best and not just offering times that I knew I wasn't my best, but I felt I had to because I was operating from that scarcity mindset. And what's really surprising um, to go through that process was that I, again, I started from this place that if I wasn't taking these clients at eight o'clock at night or weekends, in a pandemic zone where we were all struggling financially, that I wasn't going to survive. And when I switched and started practicing this abundance mindset, 
what I discovered was that actually more clients were coming my way. And instead of panicking when I wasn't working an hour or two and saying, oh my goodness, here's two hours that I haven't worked and I'm losing income, I I was able to just sit in the moment and be okay with it and say, it's okay. I'm not going to be thinking, you know, from that perspective of scarcity, but abundance and I have enough and more will come to me. And it sure did. And I, and I saw such a transformation that was incredible. I mean, I had my phone was ringing off the hook for the first time and um, I had more than I could handle. And I had to, ref- I got to the point that I had to refer out because I was completely full. Um, so I, it was incredible to see a transformation in my life and my business and my career, that shift that happened. So um, it was great. It was, you know, it was one of those great gifts that came from the pandemic, a lot of pain, and suffering came from the pandemic, but this was one of my personal gifts um, that came from it. I want to shift it over to you, Yvette. What are some things that you think feed an abundance mindset amidst messages of scarcity? Wow, Lynn, I was really touched by those stories of um, just how you've had to shift Um, your mindset and talking about how it connects to your background and your experiences and how you evolved in that that way. Um, So when I think about um, what feeds into the abundance mindset for me, I had lots of early models of abundance talk and thinking. So I'm thinking of a gospel song in the Black church that we used to sing. And some of the words were called abundant life, abundant life, abundant life is yours. Um, And then I'm thinking about one of the early texts that I read um, before I even came to higher ed, because I was a mother of a child with special needs pretty early in my life. Um, It was a book by Janice E. Hale called Learning While Black, but the book was focused on high achieving Black students and all of the, the gifts and strengths they had in their families and communities and the ways that we could support them. So I was getting all of these images of like abundance and there's more than enough. And then, you know, I'm growing up with this model of a mother who started a community school that she ran for 37 years with very few fiscal resources actually, but imagine a community garden across from a nursing home where the students at the school go sing to the the elders and people around the area that are pretty um, impoverished and I'm going to say pretty disconnected by transportation, not a lot of grocery stores and resources coming to the community garden to not only help till the garden, but take food as needed, right? So there's abundance there. There's people sharing. There are people who can't pay tuition who are bartering services. I'll teach volleyball if my child can go here tuition free. So those are some of the things that feed into my early mindsets about abundance, um, which is in total opposition to me coming to the academy. Because what a shift that was for me to now be in a place of a lot of competition, a lot of individualism, right? A lot of I have to talk about, not only do I have to compete and do these things, then I'm supposed to do the thing and come back and say, I did this thing, (laughs) which is totally culturally like anti being raised with, you do the work, you serve, and your thank you is that you see someone with free 
collard greens or you see a kid attending a school that they wouldn't have access to if they didn't have the money, that was your thank you. Um, so for me, um, the scarcity mindset to me was introduced um, more so in higher education, the, the individualism, the competition, um, the working in isolation. Um, and I too, like Lynn, uh, found myself in a situation for uh, many years where I was the main breadwinner. Um, and that was pretty scary and definitely um, made me look at a scarcity, make me feel like there is scarcity. Oh, there isn't going to be enough. I am going to run out. Um, but what actually ended up helping me to get through that situation and even being successful in higher education is now going back to looking at my, what Yoso calls cultural wealth, right? What Prudence, call, Prudence Carter calls Black cultural wealth. What's the wealth that you already have that you can use for tenure and promotion or to bring in clients or to balance your home life? So then I had to reach back towards those things, right? My faith background, my wellness, things that I learned from my mother at a young age and my father. Um, so for me, when scarcity met abundance, I kind of had to reach back to those early models. Um, but there was definitely times where you felt off balance and definitely scarcity felt like something real and up in your face. Yeah. Uh, so I want to ask you ladies, uh, Regina and Lynn, how do you deal with a world of scarcity? Um, thinking about affordable childcare, housing, um, being passed for a promotion, being underpaid, uh, and all the while keeping an abundance mindset. Thanks, Yvette. I was thinking about what you just said, too, about reaching back to your family and I'll just say, that's why I started this episode with talking about my grandmother. I love spending time with my grandmother, my parents, because like you said, there is cultural wealth. And I think I just started learning that ladies. Like I agree, just like you, Lynn. I mean, I think this is still kind of a new concept that I'm living out. I think, you know, growing up Chinese American scarcity, there's always that stress. I think there's always that messaging we hear, right? Like I can open up the news app today, try not to do it too many times, but there's, you know, everything's going to hell in a handbasket. I mean, it feels like a scarce world. We have climate change, right? Affordable housing. I just remember, you know, to be honest, I grew up with some abundance. My parents sacrificed a lot to come to this country and kind of did the American dream sort of thing. And, you know, a lot of our stability was around finances and, you know, getting the right job. And so the way I deal with that world of scarcity, it's, it's always in the back of my mind because it's in our, it's in our parents' stories, right? It's in our generational story. So I, I remember hearing about that. I mentioned my grandmother, she was a very wealthy woman, like a lot of Chinese immigrants um, growing up, and she had to come into poverty coming into this country. So it, it changes your ways of thinking about the world. And so I just think it's always in, ingrained in me and it always comes up. I'll just share a quick story because Lynn remembers this same kind of thing. Like I was this summer in, in um, just thinking about clients, I was, I was just wondering why people weren't calling me. And I, 
And I just had to vent and be like, Lynn, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Maybe, you know, I've maxed out, like my practice is really centered around Asian American women. Maybe I maxed out this population because, you know, not a lot of Asian Americans want to have mental health services. So I just think the stress is always there, Yvette. And I think what I love about what you said was just, you know, I have to remember, I have to remember first in my faith that, um, you know, God is going to provide I, that God is a God of abundance. That's something that comes to my mind in, in terms of a mindset that there, that's actually a true reality for me. When I look back in my history, I can see that, you know, that kind of abundance happening in parts of my life when I least expected it, right. When a prayer was answered or whatever. And then I look back to my family and I think, okay, in some sense, so what? Like if everything were to fall and out of place, um, will my grandmother survive that? My grandfather with the bamboo, he wrote lots of poetry. He was a World War I and World War II survivor in China. You know what I mean? I just feel like in some sense, we carry these stories of abundance, even in the midst of great challenge. And that gives me a lot of strength and hope. So that's why I love hanging out with my family. It reminds me, it gets me out of the mindset because it's always there. That's the stress I carry of scarcity. That's just the constant running tape that I'm still working on. Um, but yeah, that's how I deal with it. How about you, Lynn? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think I'm going to, you know, follow up with what you said about, you know, something you mentioned about reminding yourself of your, of your worth, really. Um, you know, I think of a lot, you know, Latino immigrants to the U.S. and, you know, in their countries of origin, whether that's Central American or South America, they might be physicians, they might be attorneys, you know, they're, they were very highly educated or professionals and they come to the U.S. and they're working as, you know, housekeepers or janitors or, you know, day laborers because, um, you know, they may be undocumented or, obviously they they don't have that degree or um or their degree is not worth anything in the US right um so i think when we are in those in those times of struggle and challenges like so many you know folks are in at this point um i think when you're in that world of scarcity like you said you might be temporarily homeless or um you not you might not be at an adequate you know, housing situation for your family or, you know, all these stressors, or you might have been laid off or unemployed. I think it's so important. A few things. I think in those moments, we are so harsh on ourselves and we devalue ourselves, right? So people oftentimes will say, well, no one's hired me because obviously I'm not worth it. Obviously there's better people out there than me. And that's a going back to that scarcity mindset. So this is where I think the scarcity mindset can be really dangerous because so you you get laid off, right? And every job interview or every job you apply for that doesn't call you back and every job interview you go that you don't get the job, it kind of reinforces that scarcity mindset and this kind of like negative self-talk that I may not be worth it. I might not be good. I'm never going to get myself out of this situation. Um, and I think that's where I know it's very difficult and it's hard when we're in those places to think differently. But I, I think that scarcity mindset could be very damaging because you start believing it like anything, right? Like if you tell yourself something long enough, you're going to start to believe it. Um, so I think 
especially in those moments where we're struggling with whatever reason, whether we got laid off or we're struggling with health issues or, you know, you don't get that promotion you wanted um, or you didn't get the house you wanted, especially in this crazy real estate market with people are, you know, can't get the homes they want. Um, I think it's very important to a couple of things. I think one is remember those family strengths, like you mentioned, Regina, going back and drawing from that, saying, wait a minute, you know, I have a lot to offer and I have a lot of self-worth and I have a lot of value and reminding yourself of what you can offer at any position that you get. Um, and the other thing I think it's surrounding yourself with those people, you know, we all need that support, whether it's that friend cheering you on or that friend reminding you that don't worry, you know, this will come or don't worry, you will get that promotion in time. Maybe it, it wasn't meant to be this year, but it'll be another time, right? I think I'm a big believer that things happen at the right time, right? In their own season and time. Um, so I think it's very important in those moments that we, and I think we have to be intentional about it. I don't think people, when we're in, in a, you know, in a bad spot, we wake up and we're like, oh, I'm going to have this you know, abundance mindset. No, we are in that scarcity mindset. So I think it's being intentional about like, I need to pull myself out of this situation and really think from an, you know, that abundance mindset of what can I bring? What do I have? What do I offer? Walk up high, you know, you know, straight, good posture, head high. I do have a lot to offer. And I think it's a couple of things, again, reminding yourself of your, you know, your strengths, your worth, um, what you have to offer the strength of your family, the strength of your ancestors, um, and also surrounding yourself with support, you know, with that village that we call, um, and friendships that are going to remind you, right, in those moments where you don't believe in yourself, and you think, you know, you're, you're in very much so in that scarcity, place of scarcity, that they will remind you about what you have to offer to move you towards that abundance mindset. But I think we have to be intentional about it. I don't, you know, I think there's there's hard moments in life that we're not going to automatically be there. So I think we need to remind ourselves of that. Thanks for listening to The Lab Podcast, where we empower women to use their repertoire to heal and thrive. This podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be a replacement for professional services, including psychotherapy. Please leave a comment on how this content has served you and find out how to reach us in the show notes.